Another day, another dime, another dollar, another week of one guy just trying to be better to the people in his life. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, it is me, your beautiful, wonderful, handsome podcast host, Paul Masbad. Thank you so much for joining me for another week of Dear Stranger and Friend. It really means a lot to me. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to remind you that I have a Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, essentially, it's a crowdfunding service that works on a monthly basis as opposed to a one-time deal. So it's a lot different than Kickstarter or Indiegogo or GoFundMe or anything else out there. You, you find something you want to support, like an artist or a podcast, and you give them as little as you want to as much as you want every month. And you can do that at patreon.com slash friend. If you do, you might get, not might, you will, you'll get cool little rewards and perks. You can check all that stuff out there. Um, but if you don't want to support uh, financially, that's cool. I feel you. It's okay. Money is tight. I understand. I get it. You'll still get every episode of this podcast every Wednesday. So, you know, no pressure. It's just a fun thing. You want to make this podcast better? You can do that directly. Anyway, I'm done. Done with the Patreon stuff. This episode is pretty special to me because I like to keep a personal thing of mine is I like to keep in contact with educators, uh, people like high school teachers and uh, college professors after I graduate. But I never got the chance to do that with a lot of my college professors um, because life got in the way for me, I guess, where I never made the right effort to reach out to them. And, and all that stuff. But this, I could say, I think I could say this is the first conversation, one of those types of conversations that I had with a, um, a professor that had a, a large impact on me, one of the many. Um, I always was a fan of his writing, um, his blog, and all that stuff. And you can check that out. I'll link all that stuff somewhere if you're reading this on Patreon or on Facebook. You, you'll find the links. But I was so happy to talk to uh, Professor Proctor, or just uh, John now, because he, he's not my teacher anymore, which is weird. I haven't said that uh, to any one of my previous educators, or like called them by their first name. kind of weirds me out, just a little bit. But anyway, this conversation was so much fun. Uh, it was exciting, and I loved it, even though I was a little nervous, but it uh, went away immediately, and I hope we get to have more conversations like this in the future without recording them. But anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Let's just get into that episode. Hello? Hello? Hey. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Just making sure. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you perfectly. All right. This is this is good. Cool. <laughs> so how how what what were you listening to? Uh, well, I have this, um, this heavy rotation playlist, which is where I throw anything that I listen to and I want to listen to again. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess, let's see, I'm just going to go back to the, ah, pavement. Oh, wow. Cool. I was, uh, I was wondering if you were going to be listening to pavement because I was listening to pavement all day yesterday and this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I somehow thought that if I told you I was listening to pavement, there would be a, uh, uh, a note of approval in your voice. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I guess trying to paint something for a friend, and I was like, I really need music that'll push this forward. And uh, yeah, and pavement, like just on um 
on Spotify on Shuffle was uh was the thing that did it for me. It was pretty nice. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's very rare that my heavy rotation does not have some pavement in it. Um, but yeah. did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you about my heavy rotation playlist, like no, in you, class or anything? No, you haven't. Actually, before we get into that, um, we should quickly talk about the the way I usually like starting these things is how we talk about how we know each other, or you oh, yeah. or, or you get in, get into like how how we know each other. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of class, you were yeah. my student. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like forever ago, almost. <laughs> I know. I was trying to. I was trying to um, to pin it down with my wife last night when you were there. It must have been like four years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought it was. I thought it was fewer than that. I mean, but... I'm just guessing. <laughs> seems about right. Yeah. Um, you are to her the guy who did the because um, I was like gushing about it when I came home. Mm-hmm. Who did the. Um, the presentation where you pretended you were hungover. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I remember can't that. remember. I couldn't remember what was the purpose behind it. I remember being like, "Oh, it's it's it fitted so well." Um, but now I can't remember what the uh, you know what your reasoning behind it because I remember you were there was a reason why you were fooling everybody into thinking that you had come in like completely unprepared and hungover. Yeah, I I think we were reading um, the wisdom of crowds, if that's the right title of the yeah. book, yeah. and um, there was one chapter there, and like I'm a little fuzzy now because I was I was actually just telling my friend this story, and he was like, "But what if you got an F?" And I'm like, "I guess I just have to take the F then." It was like a huge <laughs> risk, <laughs> like, um, but it was something along the lines of um, how information gets all put together through like one expert and then we look to them to like sort of form our own opinions kind of thing. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. And you were doing one particular chapter and there was, you know, I guess the details are lost to history. Yeah. But, but, um, I remembered, I, I I felt like I had to do that just so, cause I remember, um, I remember feeling freaked out about, not having an example for like this presentation that I came up with, like, cause I, I remember that was one of the things and people were like handing out worksheets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And I was like, maybe I should just make the whole thing a huge example. Even though, <laughs> <laughs> even though I'll it probably masterfully. That's, that's yeah. what I remember best. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad. I, I'm glad we both still kind of, uh, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll mention the rest of the class does too. I'm just, yeah, I was trying to remember who else was in that class. I mean, I guess I could go back and look at my um, my roster, but yeah, uh, yeah, neither here nor there. Um, real quick about that class too. I remember I wrote something um in that class called like "Hey kids, this is your dad at 22" or yes. something. Yes. Did you did you carry that on? Um. That that blog post or writing? Yeah, that well, I remember that was that was like a whole justification of Facebook for you, right? Yeah. So, so I guess obviously you've carried it on because yeah. still on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that actually, the reason I bring that one up is because, like, um, I guess last year, and or maybe two summers ago now, I had gotten a job just like th- these this Korean company was looking for people to write on their blog site to make it look more active than it actually was. And they were going to pay us to do it. Yeah, and that was nefarious. 
Yeah. And that was um that was one of the things I sent them. They were like, Do you have any right examples? And I was like, This is really old and this is what I have recently and that was like one of the really old ones. And it ended up getting me the job, but then we we all got laid off because of stuff. <laughs> so that 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 felt like it was headed into a, an inspirational story ter- territory, and then it just took a sharp turn. Oh no, <laughs> no! But I still remember that, and I, I really like that I have that 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 I have that because sometimes I can still go back to it and uh, and enjoy me at twenty two. It's a great it's, one. That 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 whole idea was great. It kind of like makes. You know, I, I, you know, all of us um, are a little bit probably self-loathing about our, our, our social media habits. Yeah. But that is a nice kind of way of thinking of, you know, this whole recording ourselves mm-hmm. for posterity. It kind of makes it feel maybe a bit more organic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um. It's really fun, especially for me. I'm glad I don't have kids now that'll be like, "Hey, look at it!" Like, and, that, and, that, and that short amount of time, somehow end up with a kid. But. Well, you know, I will tell you, my my kids are on um, they're on um, vacation this this week. They're it's mm-hmm. the first winter break in New York City public schools, and they are out at their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning and was like, "Hmm, no kids in the house. I get to sleep an extra hour." <laughs> so. If you ever need a reason, you know, to be glad in the morning, just wake up and say, I don't have any kids. I can sleep an extra hour. <laughs> I'll definitely put that into <laughs> my daily routine. Um, <laughs> that's a that's another thing, too. It's, it's funny you mention your kids because I remember um, and this really makes me like realize how much time has passed because I remember, I guess, at the end of the semester, I had your class. You you just had your youngest kid, right? Is that? I that feel like sounds that's something. about right. Yeah, because yeah. that was uh, May twenty first is her birthday, so it was probably just about to happen at the end of the semester. Yeah, and it was. Um, and then, like, because I know you you post a lot on on Facebook and stuff with your kids, and then I just mm-hmm. like get freaked out because I re- I remember you being like, oh, I have this new little baby, and then now it's <laughs> not like a, a little baby anymore. <laughs> I know. Now she's a full-on like kid, yeah. giving me crab claws to remember her by. And yeah, that one was um, when I saw that, I was like, that was that was a not heartbreaking, but like that same kind of feeling. It was it was warm. It felt warm in my belly. That's like a really oh, sweet nice. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I try to that... be honest oh. and like not overbearing with my kid stuff on Facebook. Oh, that's. <laughs> That's good. It doesn't seem that way. I've um I I have one um old coworker a long time ago um who recently just had a kid and they are overbearing about yeah. their kid. And it Giving really freaks parents me out. A bad name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, It's easy to do though. Uh, oh, it is? Like to just I mean, it's easy to get overbearing just because, you know, you oh, love yeah. your kids, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's also, I think there's an expectation that on Facebook, there is a certain audience like family and people oh, yeah. who, you know, they, they think of kind of Facebook as a way of like mm-hmm. keeping up with family members, kids. So it's like you got to juggle those multiple audiences. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's rough. I, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Not, not rough in a bad way. But what what a little bit more about this heavy rotation playlist. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, I, um, I've i had a real problem. Uh, probably my biggest problem with iTunes, like, mm-hmm. in transitioning from, like, CDs and, you know, just having music lying around mm-hmm. is that... You know, I, I just feel like so much of my music just gets lost in my hard drive. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many times that I've, like, heard a song come up and I've been like, oh, I love that song. And then I'll forget about it for four years until oh the next gosh. time I hear it. Yeah. And so, you know, I've, I uh, I guess maybe two, three years ago, I decided to make a playlist called My Heavy Rotation. And every time I hear a song and I'm like, that's a good song. I put it in that playlist and mm. then like, you know, when I'm working like I am today, I'll just put my heavy rotation on shuffle. Yeah. So then it's like all songs that I've put on there because I heard them once recently mm. and thought, I want to hear this song again. Oh, nice. And so I'll keep it on until I'm tired of it and then take it off. That's awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's it's my way of getting around not having a physical object to remind me that the music's there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird thing too. Like thinking about that, I I don't think I own a lot of music these days. Um, like the physicalness of it, I I for some reason um, got into buying cassette tapes again. Um, oh yeah, that's that's a thing now. Yeah, as opposed because like a lot of bands are putting their records out on cassette as well as like yeah. vinyl and stuff. So it's just like if I kind of like a band, then I guess I'll just like iTunes it and download it straight to my phone. But then if mm-hmm. I go see them and I really like them live, then I'll buy their cassette. But then if I really super like them, I'll buy their record. But I don't even own a mm. record player, so it's like this really. So weird... it's more like you're buying the thing as a um, memento or something of like seeing them live or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it ends up being. I re- I remember. Um, there was one show that um, I went to maybe a year or so ago now where uh, the people I was with, they were, like lost me for a second. And they're like, where are you? And I came back. Um, they text me, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'll be back in a second. And I came back because we were getting ready to leave the venue. And I just had like all these T-shirts draped over me. And like my pockets were filled with cassette tapes. And I was holding like one big record. And they were like, why did you just buy all that? And I was like, no, oh, you know, it was a fun night. I wanted to remember it with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We all do that. It's funny. We we all, you know, attach our memories to objects. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not critiquing that because I do it all the time. I'm I'm finding myself like dealing with with that thought uh, more often because um, I've been sort of like working for a friend, which is basically being unemployed, and he gives me a couple hundred bucks when I ask him. Oh, nice. So like so like I'm I'm kind of free most days so like I kind of just put myself under this um this intense pressure to try and read a book a day which is the most I've read I think in my whole life. That and, is intense. Yeah, and like I I pull out some of these books on my bookshelf um after moving back home with my parents and it's just like some of these books I haven't seen or touched since I was, uh, I still knew this person or I was still, or maybe it was a gift from an ex-girlfriend or maybe it was, um, 
the ones that are from ex-girlfriends are, are particularly tough because we had the, we had this thing where we would write stuff like in the like like a marginalia, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was I just finished reading. Um, speaking of tapes, rereading Love Is a Mixtape. Have you read that book? Oh, that's funny. It's been sitting on my shelf for a year or two now, and I've I, it's a it's a book I know I will love, and I just haven't started yeah. it yet it sounds it's, very depressing but oh yeah for sure it is um and then at one moment i'm reading it uh yesterday it's just like at the top of it like hey paul i love you and i'm just like who wrote that i can't even <laughs> but whoever you are i love you too and that is uh yeah wow i don't know if that's yeah yeah there's a um, disembodied i love you yeah there is um another book i was looking through that um, had a note in the front where it's like, I can't wait till we see this book on our shelf a couple of years from now and hmm. remember how we fell in love. Oh, wow. And that's I was, and that like, what's that? I'm sorry. That's elegaic. Yeah. Obviously not on your shared bookshelf now. No, it bummed me out. So I didn't read that book. I read Love <laughs> is a Mixtape instead. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Love is a Mixtape is a really, really fun book, which is, I think, fun in the weirdest way because um, it's obviously very sad. Um, but each chapter starts out with, like, a playlist of, like, what – because, like, each chapter is about a different mixtape. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick it up off my shelf right now as we talk, so keep uh, talking. And um, towards, like, the the middle to the end of the book, I guess, I was like, I should – make this extremely weird and just cue up some of these songs while I read the chapter. Yeah. And that was like, did that it, was an, it was an it enhance the experience. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if it would for everybody, but yeah. for me, it like definitely did. Um, and it made things a little bit more emotional. I'm looking like. at some of the mixtapes now as you talk and yeah. 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 They're even set up I see as tapes. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like very very cool. And like um they talk a lot about pavement in that in that book or he talks mm. a lot about pavement. And and then that's why what ended up happening after I finished the book I was like I'll paint a little bit and then listen to pavement. So I guess I was influenced by everything that was in front of me at that moment. <laughs> mm. By the way, I picked up on a little something. You're autocorrect there. Um, mm -hmm. I Have you heard the kind of uh, semi-political kerfuffle about the the singular they? Um, like to refer to somebody as they without, instead of like, him, her, or even like he or she. Oh, I don't. I didn't know there was a kerfuffle about it. Well, I I actually recently just came around to the singular day, and it was at the behest of quite a few colleagues, mm -hmm. um, because you know I, I'd had a lot of trouble with just the idea, especially in writing, of saying like, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I'm not thinking of a good example right now, mm -hmm. but you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. referring to a person as them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I strictly grammatically speaking, I've always had a big problem with it. Cause I'm like, it's one person. It's not more than one person. Yeah. Uh, but, um, there's actually now a, um, 
a movement towards the singular they mainly because it eliminates gender as a concern. Oh, right. Yeah. And so that actually makes sense to me. And so I kind of had to, to make a decision mm-hmm. on what, you know, whether I wanted to be a strict grammarian or <laughs> a non-gender specific or gender welcome and non, you know, yeah. demanding person. Uh-huh. And I uh, went for the latter. I guess uh, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, Cause... you know, I posted to the faculty listserv about it. I like mm-hmm. with my with my justification for it, and there was some pushback from certain faculty members. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's um, it is a um, something being hotly contested. Although I do think that the singular they is now coming into. Uh, acceptance in academic circles oh wow i i thought i didn't i thought um with that i didn't know um i didn't know it wasn't or or part of me felt like yeah don't do it on like a paper don't do that don't say that on like a yeah you know we all do it when we're talking yeah and i i it's funny that you meant you noticed it because i was like what i don't know what you're talking about for a second um because it also recently for me became something that I was like, I feel like I need to change just while I'm speaking. I need to do that, especially with like all the people that I hang around. I don't want to make them feel like I assume anything about them. Um, just well, I was actually, I, the, the reason why I said it was because I detected it myself. I was resisting the urge to correct you. Oh, <laughs> so. oh man. Amazing. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got us off the topic of mixtapes, which is a much probably more interesting topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I made, I think maybe, and I'm super young for like the mixtape making world, like on a, I mean, you're, you're too young to actually have true nostalgia for it. Like it's a new thing, right? Yeah. I mean, not new, new, but like, I mean, you, you never did mixtapes by necessity like yeah i i i the only time i did it i remember um oh my gosh this is kind of embarrassing but i was like seven or six or seven or something and that would be like the time where i would have to because like cds weren't really a thing in my family back then like they were but we didn't have we had like one big stereo but i wanted to listen to music in the car and the, the car that we owned only had a cassette deck and for some reason, I was like, we had just gotten this cool stereo f- for Christmas that could record over tapes. And I found like an old maybe Michael Jackson tape and like recorded um, whatever popular Snoop Dogg song was on the mm. radio. Because I was like, I really want to hear the song again. But like the clean edited version. So it was kind of just like not really hearing any kind of words, but just like yeah. half of them. That was one of the only mixtapes I made when it was, I guess, out of necessity. But, um, uh, yeah. Uh, I remember um, when I was that age, and I was like, eh, it was probably like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I even remember the brand. There's this really cheap brand of tapes that you get in like, you know, five or ten packs. It was called either Sertron or Centron. Yeah. And... um yeah, I mean, I would just record stuff off the radio all the time. So there are a lot of songs that I remember, like, without the first five seconds of them. <laughs> yeah. 
because um, there's that lapse where you're like, "Ooh, it's a song I like." Record. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so I remember like, "What about love?" That old heart song. That was one that I'm like, I remember in the bits and pieces that I actually recorded. And then like there, there'd be times when I'd accidentally record over something else. So like there, there are songs that like I would listen to over and over again, but only like half of the song and then it would be interrupted by another song. Oh, wow. But, that's, that's like a, <laughs> and speaking of the book too, that's like a whole like couple of pages about like making the radio mixtape where it's like you miss almost the whole song but you have it because you really want to hear it kind of thing yes yeah <laughs> i think rob sheffield and i are probably about the same age <laughs> um the, you know that's actually thinking about you know the transition my transition to the internet like mm-hmm. the first the first like url that i was just like totally addicted to was called the art of the mix mm-hmm. and it was a mixtape sharing website oh, wow. so like you'd put the list of the um you know of songs on your mixtape and you'd, you'd put it up and if somebody wanted it they would you know fill out a little form and if you were so inclined you could mail them oh wow the mixtape and I think it might still exist. And now it's evolved into a, um, you know, a playlist sharing. Yeah. Um, thing, but you know, my, my buddy, Ben Woodard, I mean, he's, um, another writer and mm-hmm. he's really, I know into like mixtape culture and yeah. he makes, when he makes playlists, he makes sure to, um, to make it all into one MP3 so you have to listen to all the songs in order. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's like it's like simulating analog. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. my my face just like dropped, my jaw just dropped. That and I feel like that's such a genius thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's his thing or if that's like a like a retro mix tape culture thing because I've kind of like I, I'm no longer really I'm no longer like sharing mixtapes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think the whole point is, you know, as as I'm sure that you're you've intuited, and I'm sure Rob mm-hmm. Sheffield that was his point too, is like you have to listen to it in order because that's part of the the mix. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, this is so funny. This is um, reminding me of so much stuff. I actually have um, a tattoo of a cassette tape, and like the tape's coming out, and it like makes makes a little heart. Because like this love is a mixtape book, obviously I shared with with Aww. somebody, <laughs> and um, and then that that reminded me, and I know this is kind of unrelated, but um, I met a a guy recently at a music store because I needed to buy guitar strings or something of that nature, maybe like an amp cable or whatever, just like little whatevers, and it was still t-shirt wearing weather, and uh, he saw that I had a cassette tape um, tattooed on the same spot where he had the um the little adapter that let you play 45s oh on yeah record yeah. player yeah. and then we he looked at me and he was just and he's um a lot older than me and he's just like just wait till kids don't recognize what that is on your arm because <laughs> he's like the moment they stopped recognizing this when they would come into the store i felt so defeated and i was just <laughs> like oh man <laughs> i can't you should have been like, I'm one of those kids. <laughs> yeah. 
I I just didn't want him to feel any more upset about no one realizing that that was what it was on his arm. I don't know. Oh, uh, that um that 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 thing is. I I think it's a remarkable like symbol. Like mm-hmm. the just looking at it, it looks meaningful. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Um, you're talking about. Are you are you just briefly mentioned like you said he he uh, your friend is also a writer and I wanted to talk to you about that too because you update your blog a lot and I read yeah. it a lot. Oh, <laughs> <thank> you. <laughs> you, you you're in comp- You might be in competition with my mother-in-law's my uh, number one reader. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess I don't. I don't know how to, I'm not really like an interviewer guy, but I pretend to be on this podcast, but I guess I want to, <laughs> um, ask you about like the, the sneaky feels and everything else. Cause those are really good. Yeah. And like, how did, how are those just like, okay, I have this is feeling. Is it, is, is it as simple as that as its yeah. description? Well, you know, it's um, I this is the um, the aesthetic that I decided I was going for when I started doing them was like I, these last couple of years have been a really, um, if I'm being completely like <laughs> like embarrassingly honest, they've been an exercise and a real exercise in failure and um, mm-hmm. like trying to assemble and and um, sell a book that kind of like was an assemblage of a lot of shorter essays uh-huh. that, you know, I, I, long story short, I, I spent a couple of years like descending into this depression because I was like trying to like take stuff that I'd already written and make it fit into a larger framework. Mm-hmm. And I finally decided last summer, I was like, you know, I've lost the joy of like, of like, taking a moment and putting it into words. Yeah. And so I decided I was going to try for a year starting and, and I didn't guess I didn't really start until October, mm-hmm. but for a year to just, um, every time I would have a moment where I was like, this is a moment and I need to get it down. I would just like immediately, write it down or, you know, pull out my laptop or dictate it into my iPhone. Yeah. And so essentially the sneaky feels are, you know, when a, one of the feels sneaks up on me, I oh. try to get it down mm-hmm. uh, as as quick, as close to the point of conception as possible. Oh, wow. That's... Yeah. So it, my, the idea is maybe, you know, after I've done it for a year or after I get tired of it, whatever. Yeah. And maybe I'll just, um, um, look through them all and, and, you know, I don't know if I'll do anything with them or not. Um, yeah. but they've been kind of fun just to, you know, to reignite that, you know, the, that, that, that thing that makes writing so like rewarding to me, which is like that initial, that initial joy of of translating mm-hmm. uh, an abstract something into language. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's that's all those are, and then I just I, I 
I try to make them as lo-fi as possible and I'm in just kind of like put them up only text and just number them. Yeah. And that's cool. I feel like that's part of the, part of the, uh, I guess aesthetic to use that word again, like, um, that lo-fi-ness. It's like, it's just what it is and it, whatever number it is. There's something. Like, yeah. And you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing more than a writer. I mean, that's the bottom line to it too is like mm-hmm. you know i i'm not very good with the visual image i love mm-hmm. listening to music but i can't really create it yeah uh at least with any degree of proficiency mm-hmm. and so you know i'm i'm, I'm kind of trying to come to terms with the word is my medium even if perhaps it is you know there the word you know word on the street is the words obsolete <laughs> yeah uh, I made that up right now, by the way. Oh, uh, did you? Somewhere, but... <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the only thing that I feel like I'm, I've am i accumulated any substantial proficiency with in my 40 years. And so I'm, I'm trying to just embrace the fact that I am a word guy. Mm. Oh, wow. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Well, you you have the advantage of being a musician too, so you're up on me. Uh well, I mean, I now I feel like um on that note, um I I kind all, almost all of my writing now is just is just music writing. Like the words that I write now are just for songs. And it's almost like um I really like what you were saying about like capturing that moment because when I I used to do this thing when I wrote songs where I was like, I want to have this big idea or like this big theme of like, whether it's like being really sad or really depressed or like, I don't know. I was like in my early twenties or like 19 or something like, or this girl broke up with me and I really want to talk about it for like four minutes. (laughs) Um, But now more so I, um, not that I'm doing like the same thing or whatever, but I find like, um, I guess I relate to it because um, all of the songs I've been writing now and I've been writing so much are like less than two minutes long or less than three minutes long. And if it goes over three minutes, I like cut out more of it. So the longest song I've, I think I've written in the past couple of weeks has been like two minutes and 30 seconds, like Mm. right on the dot. And then I take one small little moment from my life that I either really liked or really hated or really loved and then try to make, something about that less less small i don't know if that makes any sense i don't know if I'm that gonna... makes perfect sense to me yeah. and i think it's uh it's maybe we're operating from similar similar impulses yeah in different media but it, yeah that's what that's what i was thinking about too well what that's what i was um what was coming through my brain anyway while you were talking about the the feel sneaking up on you in the moments yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I kind of like the fact that it sounds vaguely dirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's a good name. It's like catch. It catches me. It makes me. Yeah, somebody was yeah. telling me the other day. They're like, you know, you need to take out the URL on that because somebody's going to take it out and sell it back to you in a year. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> that's. I haven't yet had the foresight, and now, of course, somebody's going to listen to your podcast and be like. Ooh, gotta go buy. Gotta go pick up that URL. <laughs> I'll let you know when this comes out. It probably won't come out for another month or two. So you've okay, got. Okay, good. I have time now. I'm gonna go yeah. buy the URL right after the talk. 
<laughs> We've got a good buffer period. Um, there's also something else that I read on your blog that I thought was really great, and it's um, when you uh, write a, a blog post in all caps towards a certain person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is definitely an exercise in persona because I never yell that loudly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, my caps lock rants. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I guess I read two of them or like one the – one of them, the first one, where you're like, I guess they're coming back or something, is like the the caption you put with it on your Facebook. Oh and, yeah, because I hadn't been angry for a while, or at yeah. least I hadn't expressed my anger on Facebook or on on my blog for a while. Yeah, um, a part of me wants to like, not me do it or whatever, but I want to see a guy just yelling it. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to watch that <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny that that. Just a simple thing like, I mean, just in the space of, I guess it was before the internet or whatever, but I mean, how just we we infer anger out of mm -hmm. all caps. And it's yeah. funny because sometimes I will like, I'll like, act, yeah, I think all of us do every now and then like accidentally mm -hmm. tap the caps lock button and we write a little bit and then we stop and re realize we just wrote it yeah. in all caps. And then you read it and you're like, man, that sounds angry. Yeah. And you're like, and you know, maybe you're writing your grocery list or something. And you're yeah. Like, Limes! <laughs> no! Yeah. It's always funny. I've been writing a lot of cover letters and sometimes that happens. And then I just oh, read I saw it back. that beautiful one you wrote on Facebook. Oh, about my favorite band. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was for a while, for a couple of weeks, cause I've been applying to like five jobs a day. I want to like keep myself to this rhythm. And, um, for the first week I wrote the silliest cover letters that I all saved. Like one of them, I talked about Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, like just for three paragraphs and how I was Fred Astaire and they were Ginger Rogers or other or switched around. And I'm just mm -hmm. trying to dance. And then, um, there was one. I wrote uh, that was like I shouldn't have sent these out in retrospect, but so you actually were, sent them out. Yeah, and there's another one I wrote that where where I just related the process of applying for a job in this way, like speed dating, where it's like you don't get to know me for a real for like an actual long amount of time. You have like you're gonna read this thing in like five minutes, and that's a lot. Like speed dating, so I'm gonna just try and make the best of the situation and be super honest with you mm. or something. Yeah. One, only one of the, the places got back to me and they, they said, we don't have any positions open for you now. And I was like, okay, that's a bummer. And then like, PS, your cover letter was hilarious. I enjoyed it. I was like, all right. That's good. Yeah. Well, then they're going to remember you. If they, you know, when the next time a position opens, they're going to be like, remember that great cover letter? Yeah. But, um, I didn't send out that one that I put up on my Facebook though, because I was like, "That's I too much." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I was like, why did I just write this whole thing? Let me um, just take a screenshot of it and erase it and start over." Because yeah, that's a, that's a little uh, that's a little too much. Oh, I don't. I just I thought I should full disclosure. I, mm. I just put the phone down. It's on speaker because now you've got me in the mood to. I'm I'm in our closet digging uh -huh. out my old records. Oh wow. Just, uh, I don't know if I'll even tell you what they are or anything, but I'm, uh, uh, 
it's been a long time. And, you know, I, I Christine got me a, one of those record players that, um, you know, hooks into a USB port and you can, like, make digital files out of it. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that existed. Well, I, she got it for me, like, maybe four years ago. And oh, I still wow. able to do it. And it's partially just laziness. But mm-hmm. it's partly, like, it might have something to do with your thing about, you know, reading a book that you have already read and you have like an attachment to it in another mm. context. It's like, yeah. I'm afraid of like taking these records that I'm so attached to the physicality of the records and making them into just another sound file. Yeah. It kind of loses its identity almost once yeah. it's on the computer. Yeah. You know, um, one artist who I've already experienced that with is, um, you know Tim Buckley? Yeah. Um, I got like Lorca and Happy Sad and mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, another album or two of his like from an old flea market right after I graduated college in Louisville. Yeah. And um, just listen the shit out of them and just like, you know, just very special records to me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I have all of his stuff on iTunes, too. But it's a totally different experience pulling mm. out that record and listening to just, like, side one of Lorca, mm-hmm. which is, like, two songs. Oh, um, wow. You know, then, then thinking of all the songs kind of like, I think I tend to disembody the songs from each other, like uh on itunes just you know there's oh yeah there's i want to listen to this song not the whole album yeah and just the, the discipline of I mean, it kind of goes back to ben's thing about you know making a mixtape mixtape and you know you have to listen to the whole thing in order yeah it's it's really strange um the i guess the consuming of music now and um, I've been told I'm I'm weird for this, but like when I, whenever I get into a new band or like I find a single or like a YouTube video or something, I'm like, oh, I really like this band. Um, I have to force myself to like listen to whatever their first album is or like their whole discography, but without skipping tracks, so I can really get a full sense of like what the album is. We and... are kindreds in that respect. <laughs> What's that? We are kindreds in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I relate to that entirely. Yeah, cause I, and I used to maybe maybe it was the person that gave me love as a mixtape, but I remember being upset with, uh, in one relationship because we would buy an album together like a CD and put it in the car, and uh, she would be like, "Let me just," and then like skip to the track that we both know. I'm like, "No, let's wait for it to come up." Yeah, and then you have, like, the anticipation together, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then... Moment a little bit more. Yeah, we would get into little arguments about that. About about those things. Which is a, weird, now that I think about it. Um, it's probably no, why, probably it's, why it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, yeah. Know, I, I just picked up a record that is actually... It goes back further than the record for me. Um, Foreigner, Double Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually the first time I heard this album was on eight track in my parents' van. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, and this was when I was like maybe, I don't know, I must have been five years old. I think it came out in 78. Um, and yeah, I I would go out to my, my mom and my my legal father, my adopted father's um, van, mm-hmm. and just listen to this, listen to, you know, the 8-track, which, you know the thing with 8-tracks, how they were like in four different parts? Yeah. Instead of sides, they're like, I forget what they're called, but these four like compartments of the eight track that contain like two or three songs each. Uh huh. And so, yeah, I would listen to, you know, especially going with hot blooded. <laughs> uh, and then my, my parents van got broken into and they stole that eight track. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. I totally forgot about foreigner for years until I, found the record um or maybe one of my uncles got it for me for my birthday or whatever like when i was in junior high and so yeah, yeah the record is like or this eight track slash record slash now i have it on itunes that album has gone through three different manifestations for me oh and wow eight track record and for whatever reason i i never had the cassette and now, of course, it's on iTunes. Yeah, holy smokes! Yeah. That's like buying a mem- buying a memory of a memory of a memory. It's like going deeper into. I know it's like layered, and now I'm in reverie right now. Just looking yeah. at the cover. And by the way, you should look at the cover of Double Vision sometime if you haven't already. It's got one of the greatest fur coats of a a man wearing a fur wearing a fur coat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the lead guitarist in his just beautiful little whatever fur that is. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out and maybe make it my iPhone background <laughs> if I'm really into it because <laughs> I've been looking for a new one. It's a good one. Yeah, I've uh, my my uh, my current background is like an Arrested Development thing, um, but. I feel like that needs a change quick. Have you ever watched that show, Arrested Development? Yeah, yeah I like it. And but you know, this it's funny. They when you say Arrested Development, mm-hmm. there's still a larger part of me that thinks of the early '90s um, hip hop. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> didn't uh, they have like an issue with them? I feel like that's the only reason why I know about that that music group. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, I was really into Arrested Development. So much mm-hmm. that in college, I I wrote a letter to them that was put on to their, um, their newsletter. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I was, yeah, I was really into like, black consciousness. And, you know, I they had to know that I was a white guy by my name, John Proctor. Yeah. But they had this big quote about from me about how you know how meaningful their songs were to me in my expanding consciousness and um, yeah. Oh man, that's great. Kind of embarrassing now. I just gave you a really <laughs> embarrassing memory of mine. <laughs> I could take it out if you want. I could just. No, it's okay. You can leave it in. Okay. <laughs> I have no shame, really. <laughs> I remember. Um... One of the first conversations we've had was um, about This Band Could Be Your Life, that book. Oh, yeah. 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 That's such a, that's, 
Yeah, Michael, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I think it's mm-hmm. Azarad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's that's just one of those books that's just like, you know, you want to savor all like 700 pages of it. Yeah, it was, yeah. I unfortunately lost my copy since then. Since then. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was my favorite. I'm sorry. What? What was that? No, I was just. I. I would be really sad if I lost my copy because it's really heavily annotated. Oh, yeah. I think mine was too. And then, the coolest thing about it was like I remember I was reading it, and you remember how big it it is. Yeah. And I was like 18 or 19 and kind of scrawny, and <laughs> like, I I was holding a, a like a Starbucks coffee cup or like one of the an equivalent. And that mm-hmm. book opened while I was reading it, and I just like stumbled a little bit and thought I was gonna drop the book, but dropped my coffee instead, and then like got some coffee on all the pages, oh. um, which like at first sucked. It wasn't like it wasn't like terrible, but it was just like I don't care if I drop my favorite drink in the history of the world. I just need to save this book instead. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I wish you still had that book for this reason. Mm. I. I um one of another really favorite book of mine is uh, Woody Guthrie's autobiography, mm-hmm. uh, for Glory, and that book is actually for me even more special because I had it in the bottom of my backpack and I had a coffee like in a what I thought was a seal, sealed like coffee cup mm-hmm. inside my backpack and the coffee spilled all over the. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah, and I didn't realize it for a couple of days because I just had it in my backpack like over the weekend. Yeah. And so the coffee kind of curdled too. Oh, and no. Then, well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm i going to pull the book down now, and I'll tell you, just smelling it, it's it brings back every word in the book. <laughs> it's like that smell of bad coffee is yeah. part of my experience with that book. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> but also yeah, really you're cool. Bringing me through some really, some really heavy uh, emotions right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to. No, that's that's. I, I'm I'm into heavy emotions. So. <laughs> Just wanted to talk about some writing and music. Cause it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all. That's that's what talking about those two things does to me. Yeah. Oh shoot. Um, man. But yeah, that was. I remember, oh man, I remember crying after reading the Minutemen chapter when I was like 18 because yeah, I had no, because yes. I, because the, the truth is like I heard of all of those bands, but I was only like maybe like, because if all of my older cousins at the time who I hung out with were listening to them, I was like only related to them in a tertiary sense, like not related. I mean, familiar. I just mean like I was outside of the crowd because I was too young. I was like, no one wants to hang out with you, Paul. You're like 12, but they're all <laughs> listening to like this really cool music or like maybe I was even younger than that. Maybe I was like five or six, but like I just wanted to hang. Yeah. And then um, so I didn't really know the history of any of any of these bands. And when I read the Minutemen chapter, I was like listening to like their albums and stuff and not really like, I guess, being the way I am now where I look stuff up on the internet all the time, just like trusting what I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I like, I got to the end of that chapter and I was just super, super So you didn't sad. know it was coming with D Boone dying? Yeah. I had no idea. Oh yeah. It's, it's, that's something that, that's, 
you know, that's um, right up there. It's just a very small notch below Jeff Buckley's death in mm-hmm. like great tragedies of of modern music. Oh man, yeah, that's. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I mean, you know, every band in that in our band could be your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, after I read it, I would I had this big renaissance of going back to them. And mm-hmm. I mean, to tell you the truth, musically, and, and I'm speaking as a non-musician, so maybe I'm unqualified to say this, but mm. I mean, the Minutemen were 10 times better than pretty much anyone of yeah. their time. I mean, yeah. they were just so musically, like, varied. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how, you know, so much of 80s hardcore, of 80s underground, it's just like, you know, shouting and yeah. angry. And they, they were just, like, loopy and, mm-hmm. like, they're kind of like the, you know, they're almost like, they're almost to, the Minutemen are almost to the white 80s what Funkadelic was to the funky seventies. Oh, wow. You know, just like (laughs) wildly eclectic and experimental and yeah, man, I, I always felt like they were the most punk band in that book because they sounded nothing like what everybody else sounded like. And I thought they sounded nothing like anyone ever has sounded like since in a way. I mean, I I can't think of a band. I know that there are certain bands, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and maybe Mm -hmm. some of the, some, some of the stuff that came out of the early nineties, there was obviously going for a Minutemen sound, but nobody has ever sounded like the Minutemen, including Mike Watt. And I like his solo stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think it's to his trip to his, a tribute to him that he's never tried to sound like, he was with D Boone. Yeah. Yeah, for right. sure. Mike Watt, he's a real inspiration though. Have you ever been to one of his uh, you know, recent live shows? No, I haven't. I didn't know he was still doing. Oh, he is and he's like he's a he's a just a dynamo. I mean, you leave his shows just wanting to go create something. Oh man. I gotta I gotta check it out. I'm probably gonna look that up as well after afterwards. After this yeah, conversation. He's, he, uh. he's awesome. He's he's yeah oh man so we're we're getting close to an hour now i think and um we're having like fun conversation i don't mean to cut it short but what i usually do when we get close to an hour is um ask the guest which is you uh if there's anything you want to ask me anything at all we've been having a really fun conversation usually people sometimes people just keep asking me questions throughout the whole episode (laughs) sorry i haven't held up my end of the deal and asking you questions i don't think oh no that's okay i really like how they all vary they're all i mean i really enjoyed this conversation i don't want to make it seem like i didn't um but so now now is the time if you were thinking of anything or whatever and i'll i'll answer as best as i can without um, being born you know i i'm gonna this is that i've been i've been thinking about this since we started talking right now in remembering our conversations especially your voice yeah is you're sounding a lot your voice as you're as in this conversation at least sound a lot like jad Appenrod. is that are you familiar <laughs> with his work no no uh radio lab oh you should, listen, you should listen to the radio lab podcast if you haven't yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, your voice and his are actually remarkably similar. Oh my goodness! 
I haven't listened to a Radio Lab podcast in a very long time, but I'll I'll get into that as soon. Uh, just, uh, that that's my first question. Did you know you sound a lot like Chad Apperman? No, <laughs> no I did. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, there are a couple of things I wanted to ask you. I'm trying to remember them now before we started talking. Mm. Um, I guess the most the most obvious one is I, I was because I, I was of course trying to explain you to Christine. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you now? I um just like physically or mentally yeah physically <laughs> um, I, um the, the mentally is uh, much longer yeah um i am back home in in new york in um in the suburbs mm-hmm. of new york about 25 to 30 minutes away from new york city if i drive fast but i don't drive anymore um, okay but it's about like an hour commute um into into like New York City. And um, weren't you living in the city for a while? I was actually living in um Porchester for a while. Oh, um yeah. yeah. We thought about we thought about moving up there actually. I mean, I not seriously, but mm-hmm. of anywhere in Westchester County that we might be able to live if we were to choose to live up there just because of, you know, working in Westchester County. Yeah, Portchester is like maybe the only town I can think of that I could bear living in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. I haven't been there in a long time, but I remember when I was there, it was um, it was uh, kind of uh, a place I wouldn't ever want to be too late at night. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I have heard that. Too. Yeah, but it's like different now. I think because there's like these venues there. Which were actually, which are actually on the street I lived on, and I can't imagine how much those apartments cost now because I was paying like nothing to live there, but it was also like scary to live there. <laughs> you know, no, you're on the cusp of gentrification. Yeah, when I was living there, it was right before the Capitol Theater opened. It was like a big thing. It's like we're opening this thing, we're opening this theater, we're opening this theater, and we're like, okay, whatever. I don't care. And then that summer they opened it. And then like, there were just like shows every night to the point where like, if, if who I was living with at the time, um, if we wanted to see a band or just wanted to see music, we didn't have to, we could just stand outside on our balcony and hear it. Mm. Yeah. So it was one of those things. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that's, that's that answer. Mm. Um, would you like to say hello to my dog? Oh yeah, sure. Hey Pants, you might have heard him barking a minute ago. Yeah. Hey, can you um can you talk for us? Me talk or the no, puppy? I'm trying to get Pants to talk. Oh. Is your dog's name Pants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a great that's great. I yeah, really he was hanging that. out under the blanket, so he's not he's not feeling too sociable right now. But um yeah. I that's uh a funny little story my um my best friend told at our our wedding reception or at the was that when I met Christine mm-hmm. she had a dog named Pants you know this our dog now and yeah. I had a cat, I had a cat named Trousers oh wow yeah. that's that's fate <laughs> i know unfortunately my cat terrorized her dog so we had to Ooh. My cat had to live out his days with my mother after that. Oh, rough. Yeah. But um, 
thanks so much for doing this. If, um, if you have any, or if there's anything else you want to ask me or talk about, we can keep doing that. But I know, um, I know you're on a on a on a tight schedule. Or... Yeah, you know, it's it's. I'm um, what it is is with the kids out. I'm really trying to to dig my teeth into a couple of long term projects that I have um, let go. Mm-hmm. Just because I've had so many short term things to deal with. So I'm yeah. trying to give myself, I'm trying to um, make myself really dig into those. And so my wife is working until for another probably three hours. So I'm going to spend three hours deeply immersed in a one particular writing project. Oh, okay. Um, so before I stop recording, is there anything you want to say to the people? My brother makes fun of me for saying that at the end of almost every episode, <laughs> but I love it. Most deaf used to do it at the end of um, Def Jam Poetry on HBO, and I just wanted to feel cool. I'm doing a Queen of Queen of England wave right now. It's um, <laughs> um, what I'd like to say to the people. Perfect. Thanks so much again for doing this, man. Thank, thank you, Paul. And I'm, I, yeah, I, I hope I didn't sound too like self-centered. I really kind of gone on and on. Oh, no, not at all. And that was the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thanks again to John. And thanks for the conversation about mixtapes and music and how important it is. All this cool stuff that we talked about. Thank you so much. It really meant a lot to me. It was kind of a shot in the dark. I wasn't sure if you'd say yes or no. It's um, it's one of those things I was really nervous about. But then we did it and it's done and it feels great. And I'm glad you're a part of this thing. And I'm glad we're going to keep in touch a little bit more often than we did previously. But anyway, if you want to keep in touch with me, you can do so on Twitter at, no, at not Paul Maspad. That's uh, M-A-S-B-A-D. Yes, yes, that is truly me. And if you want to keep up with your dear stranger and friend, you can do so on Instagram. Just search the, the podcast title. You can do so on Facebook. Again, just search the podcast title. And again, we have a Patreon. So if you like what you heard and you, you want to consider donating or giving back in, any, uh, in a financial way, you can do so on patreon.com slash friend, And there's some cool stuff in it for you if you decide to do that as well. But anyway, anyway, until next time, after I finish banging and clanging in the gym and working my body to the bone, I've been Paul Massbad. And next week on Dear Stranger and Friend. Um, there was that time we went to RCC. You, I think you hit a crack, flew forward and hit your head. But not two minutes later, back on the board trying to go at it again. Yeah. A, a stair set. Yeah, It's yeah. like, yo, you just hurt yourself and you're going to try it again. You're crazy. If that cop didn't come, then that probably yeah. would have ended a different way. Yeah. You probably would have hit your head again. So...